Hey guys, it's Joel, and today's episode is all about the big fork, the Segwit 2x fork that is allegedly to happen with Bitcoin on November 16th. Well, Travis and I had already recorded this episode and news just broke today, which is Wednesday, that the fork has been either postponed or canceled. (laughs) So we asked our group, what we should do to release the episode as is because there's a lot of great content in there. It's not just about the fork, but even learning about what forks are are is important. And we decided to go ahead and release this episode as is. You can consider it a trans-dimensional episode from the past talking about the future in the present. We will follow up on this in the episode that's to come next and explain more about the postponement and or cancellation as we discover more information. So confused yet? Let's go back to the future, to the past, and let's do this. First, there was the Bitcoin cash fork. Then there was the Bitcoin gold fork. And coming your way to a crypto universe near you on November 16th is the Bitcoin Segwit 2x fork. You may think one fork is plenty to eat with, but when it comes to Bitcoin, you get more forks than a buffet. In this episode, we're going to figure out what Segwit 2x is all about. And we'll also talk about how an ICO fail made Travis very sad. And as long as we're on the topic of fails, how did $150 million in Ethereum get frozen? Brr. This is a packed show, and you're going to need a whole lot of forks to take it all in. Save room for dessert, because it's episode number 48 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Heard around the world in 166 countries, it's the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious and the crypto very serious and the crypto don't care. It's it's basically this is a show for anybody. And my name is Joel Com, New York Times bestselling author and eternal 12 year old and by my side and I'm what I mean by by my side is one state over is also best-selling author, Mr. Travis Wright. Hello, Travis. Uh, I would actually say average selling author, but thank you. That was really <laughs> nice of you to say. I, I did used to have that on my LinkedIn. Travis Wright, average selling author. Well, all you need to do these days is say best-selling because Amazon totally destroyed that. Can, can I rant here for just a sure, moment? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm going to drop some book knowledge on everybody Uh because you probably have some friends that say they're best-selling authors and if you've ever shopped at amazon in the in books you you know that they have categories and subcategories and sub subcategories for example you can go to business and then click on marketing and then click on the subcategory advertising and then the subcategory online advertising and what amazon does is they have a top 100 in every category and sub sub subcategory. So technically, I've seen people sell five copies of their book at three in the morning and get listed in the top 100 of a sub sub subcategory. Well, Amazon calls that a bestseller. So that's why if you never knew why there are so many quote unquote bestselling authors, it's because Amazon has completely destroyed the meaning of the word bestseller. There, rant over. Wow. So I did not mean to open up that can of worms. However, uh, once upon a time, actually, when the book came out, there's been a few times that we were in the top 10 for digital marketing in a book. But still, I'm not going to call myself a best-selling author because it's like it's not on, on New York Times list or anything. It's not on any fake news sites or anything. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, we can get you on a fake news site. But let me tell you what's not fake, Travis. What's not fake is your opportunity to register now for the limited Zilla app that is coming out soon for um, for iPhone. This is uh, our sponsor for the month of November, and the Zilla app is basically an ICO marketplace in the palm of your hand. So if you were to mix, if Amazon and Reddit went into a room and came out with a little ICO baby, 
this would be the app. And it's very social. You can click on the ones you like, and you'll even be able to invest in ICOs where permitted by law with one click through the app. So go pre-register to have access to the beta of the Zilla app. Do it now. Go to zla.io forward slash bad. And of course, if you're driving, don't do it now. If there's somebody in the passenger seat, you can go ahead and go do it. But if you're driving, be safe. Do it later. ZLA.io forward slash bad. I just want to say I want to commend excellence when excellence is there. That was an amazing segue, Mr. Joel Com. I just want Thank to you. commend you. I've ridden on a Segway before. In fact, I'm probably the only person that you know that's fallen off <laughs> a Segway. Wow, so you're a, you're a real-life Paul Blart? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> it was incredibly humbling. And, hey, I could have died. I could have died. Oh, my God. You would have been the first person ever to die on a Segway. Like, that would be embarrassing. It didn't happen, but I did skin my knee, and it was embarrassing. Uh, but you know what's not embarrassing is the number of Why weren't of you people. live streaming that, though, man? That would have been hilarious. <laughs> let me sag. Can you let me sag, okay, please? <laughs> don't, step on, don't step on sag. What's not embarrassing are the number of people who are calling us because they want to participate in our 50th episode. This is 48. Next one's 49. 50 is almost there. And if you want to have a chance to be in there, you need to call and leave a voicemail. Keep it brief. 10 seconds, no longer than 30 seconds. Make a statement. Uh, ask a question. Just tell us to stay bad. Tell us what you love about the show, what you dislike about the show, comments, feedbacks, your favorite crypto, how crypto's impacted your life, or just tell us, you know, your favorite recipe, whatever. And do it call now. Us. Do it now. What right, number right, should yeah. they call, Travis? They should uh, totally pause the podcast after I say this number and then actually call it 708 eight. Eight five nine zero three zero. So call us seven zero eight 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 five nine zero three zero. Okay, and go ahead and do it now. We're we're just gonna wait. We'll we're do, totally gonna be we'll, on the show if you're hilarious we'll, or brilliant yeah, or not, right? We're just we'll, we're just gonna wait. Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. And Thank you for calling us. Oh my God, you guys. I think we're in an especially silly mood <laughs> tonight. So this is going to be a fun one. Let's go to the mailbag. You have one new message. Yeah, I just listened to your latest episode and you were reciting uh, Trace Myers, what this blogger, whoever wrote this article, is a hack, according to Trice Meyer. He didn't really say that. He actually went out. He's got Trace Meyer's got his own podcast, um, Bitcoin Knowledge. You might want to look him up. But he uh, roasted this dude that uh, wrote this twenty-seven five hundred projection. Trace Myers does make projections, but he, this other guy just took it out of context. So you guys need to do some research on that because Myers is pretty peeved about it. All right. Take care. Thanks. Well, Travis, we do call ourselves the Bad Crypto Podcast because. We don't know what we're talking about most of the time. That is true. We do say that. And then, although I am Travis Wright, so I am always right. However, not always accurate. Yeah. So it turns out Trace actually hosts a podcast that's been around a lot longer than ours. It's called Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. Boy, his show goes, I'm scrolling through iTunes right now. He goes back to 2008. So Trace probably, you know, got in with uh, all kinds of Bitcoin early. That's although why they were calling him ultra rich on that article. Remember? Ultra yeah, maybe. Rich. Uh, so we don't really know. and We don't know Trace. And so Never. Trace, apologies to spreading any misinformation. Um, we just we found it on the Internet. We Google so people don't have to, which means we're going to encounter fake news. So our apologies to you. And uh, we'd love to have you on the show, Trace, if you want to come on and talk to us about your early experiences with Bitcoin. You know, we when we put it out on the show, people show up. Um, as you guys learned from the last episode, you know, we put out there that we really wanted to talk to James Altucher and boom, there he was, uh, his, uh, one of his people called our people. And then people being Travis and I, we got with him, people, James, and we did a show full of people together. 
And it was magical. If you have not listened to that episode, you should listen to that one next because, you know, we talked to this guy for about 70 minutes total. On, I think that's about how long the podcast was. And yep. uh, it was just action-packed, full of amazing wisdom, not just Bitcoin crypto related, but then we talked a lot about that, but then also some really cool life stuff and some different thoughts and opinions on various different topics. So that that had high value. I, I've, I've, I've done podcasts. Uh, on VentureBeat, Technorati, where I hosted both of those, and I had another one called Cultivate Greatness. I think that one was my favorite interview ever. It might end up being our most popular show, although what's interesting is uh, right now our most popular show is What is Bitcoin, right, which makes a lot of sense because people go onto their podcast platform and they go looking for that. And by the way, before we uh, go to our next question, just want to let you guys know that we owe you a big thank you because we continue to break records and it is so awesome and humbling and so just a massive thank you huge thank you yes it's it's it is humbling it's amazing we're like whoa another we're we're like bitcoin someday it's an all-time high of listeners in one day not even including spotify now i put this guy's question in here because i love his name it's egon what now who do you think of when you think of egon Mm, I think I, I'm thinking of dragons. I'm thinking of like Egon the Great or something like. You know. uh, no, no. Egon was Harold Ramis's character in oh, Ghostbusters. Okay, 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 nice. Yeah, and Egon wrote us via our contact form on the website, which is open for all y'all. Go to badcryptopodcast.com forward slash contact or just click con- maybe it's not forward slash but just click the contact link on the site and that's another way you can reach us anyway egon writes do you think bitcoin cash has a bright future some people are saying it's the real bitcoin but what are your thoughts on this and for those who are coming late to the fork party and you didn't bring your own fork bitcoin cash was the fork that happened what back in August, I want to say it's you know there's it's been fork 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 and it was the one that start that happened shortly after the show began and as of now I want to say it's sitting around one hundred and fifty dollars is that is that am I just making this up I'm going to coin market cap so what, I can see Bitcoin for sure. cash Bitcoin uh, I'm Bitcoin sorry gold. I, I, I was thinking Bitcoin gold oh, yeah Bitcoin gold? so I'm, yeah. I'm bad I'm wrong Bitcoin cash is at six hundred and thirty five dollars right now. It went all the way up to like 800 or so when it initially forked and then it went down as far as about 300 and now it's sitting at 636. You know, what's your opinion on on this? Does it have a bright future, Trev? You know, maybe that maybe we should just uh, fork it again and call it Bitcoin Trav. That's a good idea. I like that. That sounds nice. Well, you know, it's it Bitcoin Cash you know, we had that conversation with Roger Veer, right? And he said he thinks Bitcoin Cash is the best one. Yeah. It goes back to Satoshi Nakamoto's vision of having fast transactions that are, you know, they're verified quickly and whatnot. Uh, Bitcoin, some of these transactions now are becoming slower now. When, now, it depends. What's interesting is whenever this next one happens, there's going to be a, a kind of like a battle or, or like a tug of war for some of these these miners. Like, wh- where are the miners going to go? Are they going to go on the old Bitcoin or are they going on Bitcoin 2X? Are they, some of them have gone forked off and gone off to Bitcoin Cash. So it's almost like every time one of these happens, some of the miners end up moving over to the, one of those new coins. And so it may come a point where uh, Bitcoin is the transactions are slow, slow because a lot of the miners are gone. But it's interesting. Yeah, and, and the bottom line is we don't know where it's going to go. I mean, we're in this with the rest of y'all, and we're watching this, and we're still relatively new to all this. You know, and even in, in preparing for this show, I'm like, all right, Travis, we got to sort through this and figure out what is this, you know, Bitcoin 2X Segwit for? Mm-hmm. What is this? What is it actually doing? And so uh, I am still holding my Bitcoin cash. You know, I'm a hodler. I haven't touched it. And so I have an equal amount of Bitcoin cash to what I had in Bitcoin at the time of the fork. And it's in my Ledger Nano. Now, Ledger does not yet support Bitcoin gold. So I'm just letting my Bitcoin sit there. And it's there. Eventually, when the software is updated, I'll be able to go in and split my Bitcoin gold off. That's the one that's worth about $125, $130 a coin. Uh, but as far as, you know, the future, uh, as speculators, uh, you know, 
I, if I was going to invest, okay, I'm just speaking for myself now. I don't know that I would buy Bitcoin cash outright because I feel like the original Bitcoin is still the Bitcoin that everybody knows. And there's a reason that it is currently sitting at $7,300, you know, with a small pullback after it went up to what, 7,600 or so. Mm. And uh, I've kind of been expecting it to pull back more. Well, the, the 24 hour volume though on Bitcoin cash, there's quite a few people putting money into it. I mean, if you look at the different markets that, I mean, it's happening a lot in Korea, 150 million of volume just just there alone, right? So there's some other places. Actually, there's a bunch there in some of the other uh, Korean exchanges. So, I mean, once those have opened up in some of those other places, you know, it becomes popular in other different regions. So they may they may place more value on it because the price has gone up on Bitcoin Cash substantially here over the last you know week or so. It's up to 640 bucks. Investing is is pure speculation and crypto is tricky and don't invest what you can't afford to lose. And speaking of tricky, some information in the news about an ICO that, well, kind of went a little buggy. Hey, this is Jesse from New Jersey. Colin, I just heard you guys said something about a mobile crypto ICO. It just came out called Electronium right now at point. Zero five cents U.S. dollars. All right, stay bad. Good luck, Travis. You turned me on to Electronium a few weeks back during their ICO. You said that uh, you really liked it, and can you explain a little bit about what it is? Well, first of all, I didn't mean to turn you on, so that is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Robert Palmer said. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bust in a little bit of that, but then I forgot the words. Um, yeah, so I didn't mean to turn you on. I mean, that's that's the yeah, that's good. That's I didn't it. remember the melody actually. The melody I was like, I could not quite place. You could have just rapped it then, you know, Go Travis to... rap. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to turn you on. Yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so well, what's Electronium. So Electronium is is there? They had the best looking ICO website that I had ever seen, and some of the things that it was talking about seems really interesting. Like they are introducing mobile mining onto your smartphones, right? So you can actually mine for the crypto on your phone. That's one of the things they're doing. They've also said that the way they create their wallets are so secure, and this is how they said it. They said they are so secure. Like you could take every grain of sand on every beach on earth and considered each one of them were a lottery ticket. To hack Electronium, it would be like every one of those lottery tickets won the lottery at the same time, that's how hard it is to hack Electronium. And they got hacked. Well, here, here they had 140,000 people participate holding their tokens in this ICO. $40 million were raised. They're based in the UK. And the thing gets ready to go live to launch their site and their mobile app. And that was supposed to happen a week ago Thursday. So uh, just so we have context for the date, this episode is coming out on the uh, 11th of November. And their website was to be live on the 2nd of November. Now we're recording this a few days early. So uh, we're actually speaking now on the 7th. So things could change by then uh, because both Travis and I are doing some traveling. So we like to get this knocked out. But as of now, you know, we're a full five to uh, five days into this thing. And there is on their website, when you go to the wallet, it says we will be back as soon as possible. They got hit with a denial of service attack, and they've basically been working around the clock to bring this back on. But that's not the worst part, Travis. You know what the worst part is? What is the worst part? Well, the the average person who invested couldn't access without downloading some very sophisticated software, following some very complicated instructions, and becoming a miner. Well, the miners were able to begin mining it, and they were selling it on the exchanges. Uh, and I think it was what as high as nineteen twenty cents per coin. Yeah, I think there is even a, a weird spike where there was some that was even way higher than that. This whole thing was a disaster when it comes to like launching your ICO 
after they after they finished their ICO. Up until that point, it was literally perfect. They closed their ICO 11 days early. They hit their cap of $40 million. They said they're done. This is the uh, Britain's first and most secure cryptocurrency attempt coming out of uh, uh, the United Kingdom. That was a challenge to wake up and see, oh, man, Electronium's on this... <gasps> Oh my gosh, 20 something cents. And when I yeah, literally going like, I got him. Yeah, I got him at a penny, right? And I was going, Oh my gosh, what? A 23X. And if you look at the chart on coin market cap, it then just, it does this dive and starts finding its place around 11 cents and then dips down and comes back up again. And now over the next few days, it's currently sitting at a nickel, which is still. A, a nice return if you bought, you know, for a penny. But the moment yeah. I think those wallets are available, it, there's, I would imagine there will be a lot of sales that will drive the price back to close to ICO price. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I tried to set up the wallet offline and i couldn't figure it out it was really challenging but you got a p you have a pc i don't have a pc so with a mac it was impossible and i and i went through and i saw the pc process and then you had to generate the wallet and some all this other stuff and it looked hard but if you're looking at this the volume i mean here's the thing about this the volume on this is really only 1.2 million in 24 hours so it's just the coins that are being mined are the only ones that are available and they're saying this thing has a 254 million dollar market cap already with it being five cents a piece so is this really worth a quarter billion dollars already uh and people don't even have their coins yet so once that happens people are going to sell most likely who knows we'll see though i'm not i'm gonna hodl the ones i didn't buy much but i'm gonna hodl the ones that that i have and uh and that's just that's That's how how it is that's how you roll that's that's how I roll. Speaking of big numbers, in other news, the story on Cointelegraph.com, the headline by somebody named Guest Author, I think that's kind of a funny name, is $1 trillion industry being brought onto the blockchain. Do you know what industry that would be, Mr. Travis Wright? Uh, no, actually, I, I don't have any idea what trillion dollar industry. I could probably make a guess. Well, I, I want I want you to guess. Um, well, my guess, well, I would say there's, there's very few, uh, markets that are that huge. So you have banking's a huge industry, but that could even be way more trillions than that. Uh, well, well, you're, you're kind of warm. You're kind of warm, right? Because it's, it's kind of in that sector a little bit. Okay. I guess I could open up the link and look. Uh, how about I just tell you? How about you just it's, tell me? <laughs> it's it's the life the insurance life insurance life insurance industry uh-huh. putting life insurance on uh, on blockchain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, life insurance is a huge huge industry, and uh, in this article says that um, a lot of people aren't aware that a life insurance holder can opt to cash in on their policy early. Those are like whole life policies by surrendering it back to the insurance company or by selling it on to a third party who keep the, up the premiums and then file a claim when the holder passes away. And so they're going to look at blockchaining. Uh, the company is called Fidentia X. Um, they're going to make the reselling of life insurance easier and centralize the market on one platform. So offers and prices could be more easily compared. So, uh, you know, talk about an industry that's highly regulated and now it, it meets the unregulated blockchain. And I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think they've actually got a crowd sale live now. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's one of the industries we talked about in the 30 industries plus that are being disrupted by blockchain. That episode we did a couple of weeks back. Fidentia. Basically, how they got to that is they got the, it's confidential without the con and without the L at the end. It's Fidentia. On the other side of the crypto news, I thought this one was funny. I ran across it. Sure where, but popped it open. Are you familiar with a pop artist named Lily Allen? Ah, my daughter has listened to her. I have heard some of her music. Yeah, I saw that. Well, she she looks really young, but basically she's kind of, you know, banged her head against the wall a few times because apparently uh, back in, what was it, 2012, she was asked to perform to sing one of her hits on Second Life, you know, the, heard the virtual yes. life chat server, and they offered to pay her in, in Bitcoin. For the gig, um, you know, which would have been uh, about how much would it have been? I'm actually looking through the article right now because Bitcoin is now 
worth about 7400 and back in 2012 you know what were we talking about five dollars no we're talking 2012 well in 2011 in december it was worth two dollars but it had gotten up higher than that there was a time in 2013 where bitcoin i believe spiked around a thousand so it depends she, on- she would have yeah it would have been worth hundreds of thousands if she had accepted that offer and so lily 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 mm. who knew uh, there's another musical artist here that is more forward-thinking than uh, than Lily was with Bitcoin. It's Bjork, or is it Bajork? I, I, every time I see her name, I'm, or is it just Jork? <laughs> it's BJ or K. <laughs> BJ or K. <laughs> uh, she's she's not my bag. Um, her music, you know, it's it's. Um, it's a little you different. Can't dance she's a little edgy. It. She's she's got her own vibe going. But yes, yeah, so yeah. she, she, her latest album, Utopia, which she copied from Bad Cryptopia. If you guys want to sue her, you can. Um, <laughs> feel free. Uh, they're going to be made available. Her latest album is going to be made available through purchase with crypto. So we'll accept Bitcoin, Litecoin, Cash, and Audio Coin. So that must be a new one. I'm not familiar with it, but there you go. So, you know, it's it's slowly the um, forward-thinking peeps are bringing Bitcoin into the mainstream. Uh, and in other news, in other news, um, I noticed today that Litecoin came alive. It had been sitting around $54, $55. And as of this moment, anyway, it's at 61 and it went as high as 62. And I'm like, well, what happened there? Well, yeah. you told me. I told you. Yep. It happened in uh, the South Korean exchange, Coin One. They added Litecoin to its, to its platform. So if you go onto coinmarketcap.com and then click on Litecoin and then click over on markets, uh, on that tab, you can see where and uh, how how much volume is happening and where and which exchanges that it's taking place on. And so you can take a look at that and go, aha, uh-huh, ooh. And then I saw that South Korea did that thing, and then it opened up the world. Well, and this is why, you know, these ICOs want to try so hard to get on as many exchanges as they can because that's what gives them a presence. This is It's available there and if it's not available on an exchange that you know an individual uses or is a, you know in a certain country then people don't really trade in that so you know i think that now that litecoin is on the south korean exchange uh, that's going to bring more visibility to it and i just i love litecoin i don't know why but yeah we we are also reaching out to charlie lee who uh, goes by at satoshi light on twitter and he is the founder of Litecoin, and uh, we actually tweeted him. Right? Didn't you tweet him about coming on the show, or somebody else? Oh, did? one of our one of our listeners, like Salt Life five hundred fourteen or something. It's always weird when somebody has like numbers in their name because you never remember those. Salt Life. He made the connection, and uh, yeah, Charlie Lee. He said you should. Uh, uh, Salt Life said you should be on the Bad Crypto Show, and then I messaged him, and then he said sounds good, and then he DM'd me, and so we're gonna set up a time, but nothing has been confirmed yet. But we are saying this to uh, ensure that uh, we hope that that does indeed happen. <laughs> well, he's in the news. Uh, article on ProfitConfidential.com. Litecoin price forecast. Charlie Lee, quote, 99% sure of Litecoin price surge. So he uh, he sees that he, what he said is in a tweet, I quote, I'm 99% sure after the Bitcoin 2x hard fork, Bitcoin will flow back to Litecoin and altcoins and will pump. Then he goes on to say, but not selling Bitcoin because I want free airdrop. He wants the free Bitcoin segwit 2x that's going to come so we all want that bonus crypto i think that's why the uh, the price has, has surged substantially but we don't really know i mean it's one of those things you're like oh is it is it amazon now oh no no it's not is it is 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 uh china coming back in with the ICO? no no they're not okay all right well what is it <laughs> oh we're gonna do the fork this time oh okay cool fork yeah uh, there's an analyst in this article, and he says, although Charlie Lee stands to profit from his Litecoin price forecast, he isn't wrong about the dynamics at play here. Bitcoin's share of market cap has shot through the roof in recent weeks, reaching as high as 63%. Once that concentration starts to unravel, we could see Litecoin prices accelerate back to $90. And if, indeed, 
the gold to silver ratios, which they're supposed to be held true from Bitcoin to Litecoin, where Bitcoin is the real gold, mm-hmm. not Bitcoin gold. Bitcoin is is gold, the storage of wealth. Then Litecoin has always been thought of as the silver. And it's like a 10 to 1 ratio, which at $7,000 per Bitcoin, that would put Litecoin at 700 Now, I, I just I can't see that happening for a long time, well, gold, to, gold to silver was a, it was historically been a one sixteenth of a ratio, um, and okay. then yeah, and Litecoin is one fourth of the amount. Basically, it's like four times as many Litecoin as there is you know Bitcoin, and so you think okay, so somewhere between one fourth of the price and one sixteenth of the price would make sense if that's truly the case where Litecoin is the silver, but maybe it's at the point now, you know, Ethereum is the silver, at least on pricing, it's the closest one. Well, speaking of Ethereum, our last story today talks about something that just happened today, that there is a huge vulnerability with the parity wallet, P-A-R-I-T-Y. They've had problems once before with their wallets, kind of the like the week that we started this show, I think Parity had that mm-hmm. unusual hack yeah. that took place. Yep. I think uh, the vulnerability back then was about a $30 million loss of Ethereum that was stolen. But this time, the vulnerability has frozen hundreds of millions of dollars in Ethereum in people's wallets. Yeah, 600,000 Ethereum worth around $150 million is frozen. It could be higher than that. They don't really know. But that's one thing. Whenever I made my decision on which crypto uh, do I want to get on my Ether wallet, do I want to use one of these Parity-based uh, ones, by the fact that Parity got hacked right when we were really getting our getting our groove on on this, it made me go, mm, not, I don't really want to use anything with parody. It, it sort of sullied the name for me, right? Uh, at least that's how I viewed it. And so my ether wallet and some of these other ones might seem like a better solution, but this parody wallet seems a little, that's crazy. It's two times. That's happened twice now. Now this is not necessarily stolen coins. The wallets are frozen and they seem to think that all of the Ethereum are in the wallets and that they're locked. They're just looking through it to figure out. But the price did drop a little bit, but not nearly as much as I thought it would. I mean, it had been dancing just over 300 And as of right now, it's almost 297 It got down as low as 290 And honestly, with that kind of news, you know, it, people – They sell on things that scare them, which, of course, Warren Buffett would say that's the time to buy. Uh, And it hasn't moved all that much for uh, for this kind of news. In fact, over the last 24 hours, according to CoinMarketCap, it's down one and a half percent. And that's it. Yeah, that surprised me. I, I, something like this, I mean, I, I believe, and I might be wrong, but something like that happened with the parody one before when those wallets got stolen. And then the next thing you know, Ethereum was like 150 bucks or something. It dropped substantially. This was like, meh. You know, if you would have told me 10 years ago that 10 years in the future, you're going to be doing a podcast with this guy and you're going to be talking about monopoly money. <laughs> essentially. And you're going to love it. You're going to find it fascinating. And people are going to also find it fascinating and listen to you episode after episode. I mean, we have binge listeners. It's I just I love it. Thank you, especially to our binge listeners. When you call in to our voicemail and leave a message, let us know if you're a binge listener. 708-885-9030. Well, we've talked about Ethereum. We've talked about Electronium. We've talked about Litecoin. Let's get into the feature story about the latest Bitcoin fork. We are getting so many emails and questions about the upcoming fork that happens on November 16th. It is the segregated witness, Segwit 2X fork. And we're going to try to make sense of it for you here and put you at ease about the whole thing because this is the third fork in what three months <laughs> that we've had to do. We're used to this. Just keep bringing us the uh, the silverware. We got there was one in well, it was one in uh, August, and then I guess one in October. Here we're in November, so you know at least we didn't have one in September. But didn't we have? <laughs> There was an Ethereum fork, the fork There's of the month club. The fork yeah. of the month. So it's first the fork of, all, of the month. So get you. segregated witness is a proposal that was put forth um, that is a block size scaling solution. What's important about that is you we see how slow. 
Bitcoin can be. Uh, it's because there's only so much data that goes out in each block. And so the goal with SegWit is to increase the block size to make Bitcoin faster. Yeah, and so SegWit2x, they are seeking to upgrade Bitcoin in a couple of different ways. So, yeah, they are wanting to make the block size, you know, to two megabytes up from one megabyte today. Uh, but they also want to, um, you know, enact this, this code optimization, segregated what it's going to alter how some network is, how some of the data is stored on the network, as well as creating a long-term timeline to increase the network's block size to two point, to two megabytes. This is complicated stuff. It this is, is it's like, this what? is a, there, and not only is it complicated technically, but there are as many debates about SegWit and these forks as there are varieties of political opinions. I mean, you have people on both sides saying, we're right, you're wrong, and, and this is why. And then you have the other side, we're right, and you're wrong. Uh, the, the thing that we want to really bring home today is, uh, first of all, that I believe almost all places that you're holding Bitcoin, uh, you will be able to get the, uh, the forked SegWit 2X coin as well. And we're going to, we're going to go through some of the places that that happens and we're going to link to it in the show notes as well so you can check and make sure that where you're holding you'll be able to get your basically free money because what happens is the entire blockchain is copied up until that block where the fork takes place on the 16th so everything in that bitcoin blockchain is identical when it forks but the blockchain going forward for the new one will be different from the existing Bitcoin as it goes forward. I wish you could see my hands right now because I'm I'm showing you with my hands. I'm gesturing. So if you'll just picture me sitting in my chair with my hands wildly, you know, going all over the place, then you'll have an idea of what's going to happen with your Bitcoin. That's, that's, that sounded really good. It sounded like almost like we knew what we were talking about there. So that's, that's great. There is, but that's one of those things is that, you know, anybody can fork Bitcoin anytime. The, that's one of the things. Some of these other coins, like Litecoin, is a Bitcoin fork, right? Uh, but not every one of these, or it's used off of the Bitcoin fork, right? It's off of that blockchain. So this has happened multiple times throughout the history, but not all of not there. They haven't been, you know, branding them as a different version of the same Bitcoin, right? So that's why all of these these forks are confusing, especially when somebody who was just getting into the game, they're like, okay. Bitcoin and Bitcoin gold and Bitcoin cash. Well, what is that? Oh, look, I can buy a Bitcoin gold for a dollar or $150. Look at this, right? So who, who knows? This is a, it's a wild thing, but there are some of the people who affiliated with this that, and they support it. And uh, there's a full list of supporters on, on the, uh, the link on our show notes, but most of the, the network's larger mining pools, they are in favor of Segwit2x. Uh, Bitcoin startups like uh, Coinbase, BitPay, and Blockchain.info, they seem to support it, at least according to this article on Coindesk. It could be fake news. Some of the uh, the former lead maintainer of Bitcoin Core, Gavin Andreessen, he is also, you know, he thinks this is a good idea. So one thing that I think to watch on this is like if, if the network's larger mining pools are going to SegWit 2x, and then is that going to keep a put a gap in there with the traditional miners? Are they? I mean, that's that's going to be interesting well, to see how that works. Here, here's the thing: when you look at those that are supporting it, they are the ones that have a lot of power because those that are opposing it tend to be towards Bitcoin users, node operators, and most of the Bitcoin core developers that actually maintain and keep the software up to date are opposed to it. So it's, there's a little bit of a power struggle happening here. Now, Travis, did you, did you say that I actually described that pretty well? Cause that was a nice compliment. <laughs> I'm trying to be nicer. I'm trying to do good stuff and be more. Cause fun. I don't know much, <laughs> but I know I love Bitcoin. <laughs> well, you were flailing your hands like at least you knew. So that's, that's good. We need to do more video maybe so people can see your hand gestures. Uh, gesticulating wildly about with little digital Bitcoins flying everywhere. So there are statements that are coming out from some of the exchanges. For example, one of the larger exchanges is Bittrex. And they're saying that Bitcoin will remain 
as Bitcoin, BTC. So the original blockchain will be untouched. And the, the quote that they have is, in the event of a chain split, BTC will remain the existing Bitcoin chain with one megabyte blocks until the industry and ecosystem demonstrate a clear chain preference for Bitcoin. Bitrix will take all reasonable steps to ensure that customer funds can be preserved on both chains and make all reasonable attempts to credit our users' chain split tokens. Uh, they say, however, we will not recover incorrectly made cross-chain deposits under any circumstance due to the lack of replay protection. Which uh, Do you understand what that means? Because I know that's uh, a way that people can lose their coins and have the replay protection is because you're actually forking the tokens as you're on your wallet. How does that work? I think it's the cross chain deposits. So that's like you're trying to deposit one on one and get one coin, but you do it in the wrong place. I don't know. I just think that what I would suggest, because I don't really fully understand that either, is that maybe just don't buy any new Bitcoin before the right before the fork maybe or like might like when it's happening when the fork is buy it before if you want to get in and get buy get bitcoin before don't do it on the 16th because that might not be a good idea there's this article in bitcoin magazine that lists how some of them are handling this like bitfinex is saying that the original chain is btc that's how we know bitcoin but the segwit 2x chain will be listed under the symbol b2x um, and some of them are, you know, they might use other symbols. I think B2X is going to be what most of them are going to use. Uh, BitMax is saying the original chain is BTC. And they are not listing coins on the Segwit2x channel or offering any support. There's a whole lot of them. Number four is interesting because GDAX says hash power decides which chain is BTC. So... Maybe 90% of the hash power goes over to this new one. Well, then, according to GDAX, that's the one that's going to be BTC. But you'll have the same amount of those, though. Yeah, it's, it's the same. It, it shouldn't impact what it's actually worth at the moment that the fork happens. But going forward, it could. There's another article in Bitcoin Magazine that talks about some international Bitcoin communities that are fully rejecting uh, Segwit2x. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of content here. If you're interested in this, rather than bore you with each country, you can go to the show notes and look for the article. But what I do want to point out is the statements that are coming from the various exchanges. So let me hit on, let's hit on a few of the big ones. For example, the miners, Genesis Mining, which is one of the biggest uh, mining outfits, says no statement, no policy. Uh, we talked about Bitfinex already. Uh, Coinbase actually sent out a letter, an email to all of their holders. And I'm just going to read that. Um, it, this is, this is kind of like a bedtime story, okay? I want you to picture some children's illustrations here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read this like a doctor. It's going to be like a Dr. Seuss book, okay? <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> we wanted to remind you that the upcoming Bitcoin Segwit 2x fork is projected to take place on November 16th and will result in two Bitcoin blockchains. Oh, the places you'll go. <laughs> oh, the places your Bitcoin will go. So they say following the fork, Here's the info. Any user storing Bitcoin on Coinbase at the time of the fork will be credited with an equal amount of the new Bitcoin 2x asset on the Bitcoin 2x blockchain. No action is required. Will automatically credit your account. So if you've got five Bitcoin, you'll get five. You'll still have your five Bitcoin and five Bitcoin 2x. Coinbase users will be able to trade both Bitcoin and Bitcoin 2x shortly after the fork. Coinbase will disable buys, sells, sends, and receives approximately 24 hours before the fork mm -hmm. and then re-enable them following the fork once it's safe to do so. So if you need access to your Bitcoin before the fork and it's on Coinbase, then you might want to pull it. Our, our shift uh, uh, debit cards from our crypto on Coinbase, they won't work that day. Have to use regular fiat money. I got my shift card uh, today, by the way. In nice. fact, I think what I'll do is I'll take a picture and we can post it in the show notes of me holding my shift card. And you could do one of yours as well. We'll, we'll be double shifty. My first purchase was of, of gas at the gas station. 
Nice. Uh, finally, a piece of commentary. Uh, we're going to put a few more articles in the show notes because there's commentary from Charlie Lee about this. And I think I think you might have removed those, Travis. Well, let's put them back in for the notes so people have some extra reading to do. But I do want to address this commentary from Forbes, uh, Laura Shin, who is the wonderful host of the Unchained podcast. If you haven't listened to Laura yet, then we recommend that you do. And Laura, you too have an open invitation to come join us and have some fun on the Bad Crypto podcast because, you know, let's face it, you're more knowledgeable about this stuff than we are and we need more crypto chicks. In fact, we haven't had any crypto chicks on the show yet. So it's time. Yes, and she's awesome, and she's super brilliant, and so that would yes. be fun to have her on. She has a, a great article here on Forbes that says, "Will this battle for the soul of Bitcoin destroy it?" And so it's a it's an interesting thing when we're talking about you know these forks and what's going on with this, and there's different jumps in prices, and then there's the then there's the gold one that happened, and now you know the two X one's happening. It's like, whew. yeah. Uh, see, so here's my prediction. My prediction is that this SegWit2x will also be a minority chain, right? The fork will happen. You know, we saw Bitcoin Cash being the first big fork, and, you know, it's it's worth a little less than 10% of what Bitcoin is. And then we saw Bitcoin Gold, and people are scratching their heads and going, why? It's kind of like a rogue fork, like a fork gone amok. And, you know, it's worth about $125. I think that if I was a betting man, and I must be a little bit if I'm buying crypto to some degree, my prediction is that Bitcoin SegWit 2X, B2X, is going to end up between Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Gold uh, after a week. After a uh -huh. week of it after settling. After a week. Mm. Now, there's an interesting quote on here, but that's that's an interesting thought that you're saying that. But they're saying this at the last fork, that was the Bitcoin Gold one. You know, it was very clear which fork was the minority chain. They knew that one was going to be a minority chain. But with this one, there is a battle over Bitcoin and the name and the brand and which chain is the true Bitcoin. And none of those groups are backing down. That's what Olaf. Uh, Carlson Wee, a founder of Polychain Capital, had added on that. It's a $250 million crypto hedge fund. And uh, so it's all about that hash power, right? So Bitcoin these... saying, I won't back down. Yeah. Little tribute there to the late great Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So lots of lot, these forks are crazy to pay attention to. Now this one right here, it's almost like when when Bitcoin Cash happened, some of the detractors from the original Bitcoin they spun off, right? And now the gold happened, and some of them more spun off. So now we're, you're you're sitting with two groups of people who have been fighting head to head over uh, which one is which, and some of the other ones ha have already gone off and forked and created their own. So now it's like this might be the final fork, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, probably not the final one. There'll be another one. In yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a, you know, a screenplay. The final, final fork. fork coming to a theater near you. Now we must eat so. with spoons. We don't know what's going to happen. This is a very lengthy um, piece of journalism from uh, Laura Shin. And so if you guys get a chance to go read this, if you really want to understand that this is not fake news, uh, this is a well thought through piece that has a lot of references and uh, interviews with people who are in the space that understand way more than than we do. And so thanks, Laura, for that. And please come uh, on the Bad Crypto Podcast and join the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Mm, you know what? This right here is a great paragraph in that article. She says that it's a philosophical divide between cypherpunk and Silicon Valley. And so the first group is saying if we make these houses bigger, then it's going to be a bit harder for many people who, who make them. So that might mean you won't have as many uh, miners out there who can do that because – then the power of, of the mining and building these houses will become centralized into the hands of fewer players. So you build a bigger block, it's going to make them harder to mine. Only those really big pools can handle that. So it's really like a big power struggle uh, from the two, the SegWit2x guys to try to basically make Bitcoin a more centralized deal. And, you know, we know what if that ends up happening, then people will end up going, eh, okay, well, we'll move to another coin maybe. We don't have to well, use Bitcoin. 
will be watching this and on our show next weekend. We it will have happened and we'll be talking about what happened and see which way this whole thing is gonna go. Just know that you need to make sure that wherever you have your Bitcoin, that especially, you know, if it's an offline wallet, then you don't have to worry about it right now. Isn't that right, Travis? If you're storing in a paper wallet or if you've got your Bitcoin in, you know, a Trezor or a Ledger Nano S, um, some of them are able to support that split pretty quickly. Others, it might take them some time. But as long as you're holding the Bitcoin there, I do believe that you will have the equal amount of two B two X when you when it finally does support the split. Yeah, and I, I like this additional part right here because this debate's been going on for you know a while, at least three years. And so the cypherpunks, they're the ones who say we envision a world where the barriers to anyone can can own their own Bitcoin no, node, right, to mine are low. You want to keep the networks as decentralized as possible. You want to keep those nodes or those block sizes as small as possible. That way more people can mine. If it gets so big and these, these new transactions are so large that only a few companies can actually even mine, then the power all goes to them for those for those future 5 million Bitcoins that haven't been mined yet, that's not the original idea for Satoshi Nakamoto. So that's why, you know, the 1X one would still be considered more in line with the vision of Satoshi. So, yep. And hopefully you've been able to follow along here. I know that some of the stuff can get a little confuserating and I would be lying if I didn't say that uh, I, I wasn't, you know, confused to some degree or am confused or I don't know. I am confused. Clearly, I can't even get my sentence straight. I'm confused. And maybe you are too, but at least you've probably been a little entertained. And we're glad that you listen. Thank you, as always, for um, liking our pages, for reviewing. We're still giving away bad coin to people who review us on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere. Grab a screenshot, mail it to us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com with your BitShares username, and we'll send you 100,000 bad coin. And also, by now, everybody should have, everybody that participated in the bad Cryptober promotion, you should have bad coin in your BitShares wallet. And some of you might be surprised to see that you have more than you thought you were going to get. That's because this is the show that gives and gives and gives. It's the holiday season, you guys. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that this holiday season was packed with extra worthless crypto. And so <laughs> we just, you know... <laughs> We supplied some super plenty, plentiful amounts. Now, has our as our winner with the twenty five million bad coin is have uh, have they got their bad coin? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, very he, nice. he he was very excited. He posted about that. And you know, remember, guys, the more bad coin you have, the easier it is to stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.